going to be moderating uh, and modding up all of our special guests today. Um, but I just want to welcome you into this room because this is the first time we've done it. Um, and I'm very, very excited. Um, I'm Joseph the Dreamer. This is Conversations with Joseph the Dreamer. And we are focused on something very interesting today. We're speaking about the wisdom of a shepherd. Yes, I did say shepherd, a modern day shepherd. And to be honest with you, for me, this gentleman is more than just, you know, he's a legend. He's a legend. And when you hear his story, it's very, very compelling. And there are so many different things that I think every single person will be able to resonate with um, when you hear a little bit about my special guest. So I want to introduce a man who really, he, he shouldn't, he doesn't really need an introduction. If you've, if you've seen um, the promo material that was online um, and you've actually Googled his name, you will see so much information come up on Baba because he has dedicated his life to doing something pretty awesome. Um, and I think what he's managed to do has really, really, you'll be able to relate to it. You'll be able to relate to it because there's transferable skills here. But I would like to firstly introduce Mary on stage. Mary, how are you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. Great, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. good. And we've got, we've got a very, where, where are you in the world, Mary? I am in North London. Okay, okay. Very glamorous, very glamorous, certain parts of North London. I'm sure you're in somewhere very, very nice. I saw some pictures earlier with you, you by a swimming pool. Are you still there? No, I've moved on. I'm almost home now. So. <laughs> okay, perfect, <laughs> but I got my perfect. swim on, so that was good. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, look, I would like, without further ado, um, whilst other people are coming into the room, I'd like to bring on stage the one, the only, Baba Afzil. Baba, how are you? You have to press the, the mute button. Bub Bubba's new to Clubhouse, guys, so um, <laughs> you, ha you have to forgive us yes. a little bit. There is a mute button. Bubba, are you with us? Yes. Okay. Great to hear you, Joseph. Hello, Mary. How hi, hi, hi. How are you? Absolutely fine. Great. What about you guys? Not too bad, actually. Not too bad. We're, 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 I'm, I'm very, very good. It's very, very sunny where I am in the world. I'm in currently wow. in Portugal. I'm in Porto. Whereabouts are you in the world, Baba? Where are you? Uh, I'm actually in the extreme edge of, uh, you know, the north part of India, um, in the extreme edge of Himalayas. And uh, this is the a Himalayas. Place, uh, yes, this is this is a border between India and China, I and mean, that is where I am based. Fantastic, fantastic. So the borders of India and China in the Himalayas. And, and yes. may I ask, is this where you're actually from, Baba? Yes, I was born here. Uh, um, and uh, and uh, this is the place where I would say, you know, this, is, this place gives me uh, the character which I carry, I try to carry with me now uh, till the end of my journey in this world. And I think uh, this totally comes from this place. I think this is the the strength and the the magnitude of the mountains. I think once you realize that, then you start to figure and see the you know the gravity and the power that you hold within yourself. So, this is an amazing place. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, now let me ask you a question, Baba. What was it like? Because you grew up in this area. You grew up in this environment, right? Um, Tell me a little bit about your journey. What was it like being a, a, a young boy in the Himalayas in that part of the world? Uh, you know, when you uh, when you when you when you search 
Kashmir, you know, apart from the, you know, the uh, things written about this place in terms of the paradise and how much beauty this place holds, uh, there's something uh, bad also which you will read about it because we, this is a place of conflict. There has been a lot of disturbances, political disturbances for the past right. 30, 40, 30, 40 years in this place. Um, so, Is that what it was that, like when you were a boy? Was yes. It, was it always like Yes. Yes. So, you know, coming from this place, uh, uh, you know, the constraints uh, within which uh, I grew up, I think I was never um, uh, in a position to even plan my life. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this goes with most of the people, most of the youngsters from this place that, you know, planning needs, uh, you know, a stable environment. And we were never in a stable environment. And uh, to tell you the truth, uh, uh, we literally grew up struggling um, uh, to to get uh, the basic groceries why because there were there were curfews throughout the year and you know there was so much uh, because of which you know there was you know we know the pandemics here but right. uh, in that time because of the terrorism and the disturbances you know there were curfews all over and and we literally had to you know, use all our mind and all our problem solving skills to get milk and eggs and bread Wow, that, wow. That wow. has been the challenge in which, uh, you know, most of the people at my age grew. And mm. and while growing up, I think, um, uh, along with the rest of the people, I think I, I know I have so many friends here, everyone wanted to grow up and find the first possibility to leave this place for good and never ever return. And that is exactly wow. what, what I did. <laughs> I got the first opportunity and I left this place. <laughs> well, well you, you, you know, I, I know a little bit about your story, but I, I know all the listeners don't. And I, there's a few things that, that, that spring to mind because you are one of the most positive people that I've come across, you know. Um, you're you're extremely you. positive. And to hear that that was your background, you know, having yeah. to figure out how to get, you know, bread, eggs, the basic <laughs> necessities, you know, um, what, what has been at the bedrock of your ethos when it comes to, to, to life? What, what, what do you live by, Baba? Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, just the way I look at my life and basically in two parts and I divide it into two parts. And I think, I believe that life uh, has nothing to do with logic. And, uh, you know, the moment you, put, you start putting in logic, I think you create a mess. Uh, and sometimes it is also true that, you know, just because you believe uh, does not necessarily mean that you know. So it is, it is I mean, the position with which I have, uh, you know, I've, I've seen things, you know, starting from the, the challenge uh, of getting the groceries for myself and my family while I was growing up. I think that was the only skill uh, which, which uh, took me to wherever I was able to go. Uh, in fact, this was about problem solving. And right. I, I was, you know, this was in the blood almost that, uh, you know, we grew up solving problems on a daily basis. I think uh, our challenges were far greater than anyone else, I would say, at that time when we were literally struggling for survival and life. Right, right. And, and uh, I think the first job that I got um, in my career, they, I mean, this, this company had literally advertised that they were looking for problem solvers. And, and I... Um, I and you were, you were overqualified, Baba. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you were all overqualified because you know who would who would uh, you know not who would know that you know how to get groceries and you know how to bypass the lanes to to find the uh, you know find the milkman and you know to reach that place in, in and when there is a corner and you do not have a pass and how do you do it? <laughs> so, uh, so I think those those challenges really right. uh, were were there to to prepare. Uh, you know what was coming in front, and um, and I got through this. Um, you know, uh, in the initial career, I I got through this company called McKinsey and Company, and um, there also my role was more about problem solving, and you know, well, McK- McKinsey, McKinsey and Core, huge company, right? Yes. So yeah, I the, think that that gave me an opportunity to to appreciate, learn, and and uh, you know, understand your know, and and develop a. a Pretty strong worldview about things, and uh, apart from that, you know, um, I also fell in love with technology, and there were various reasons why I got in love with technology. And and when I got deeper in technology, uh, a lot of people, um, uh, you know, I I say that I'm in, I I was in love with technology, and uh, uh, people remember me as a hacker. And I hold I, on I, a second, hold on <laughs> a second, hold on, hold on, hold on. How do we get from how do we get from a shepherd to a hacker, or from a hacker to a shepherd? So you was a an actual computer hacker, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, wow. so the inter- the interesting part is, uh, uh, you know, when you when you get deeper into things, and I, that that is something which I would say, you know, that goes back to the challenge with the grocery. That uh, when you look at things, you're always looking at alternatives, and I think that skill. Uh, was was the foundation of why I became a hacker and why I wanted to solve problems for organizations and big organizations around the world. So I got, um, uh, you know, with this uh, little trait, uh, I actually could negotiate a lot of luxury in life. Uh, and uh, this is what this skill took me to, to all the continents. I, uh, you know, uh, to tell you the truth, it was so bad, you know. Um, I... The experience of luxury came with this skill, actually. You know, uh, say for example, if you hire me uh, to to make the locks of your house, uh, you will never be able to treat me badly, right? I understood that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the time I realized, you know, um, we, I used to fly private jets and, I mean, it was so bad that my colleagues, uh, they used to call home and ask, that uh, yeah, t- tell us what is cooked uh, for for dinner, and if it was not good, then you know my colleagues and myself included, you know, used to call the private airlines and ask them what are you, uh, what are you serving on the flight uh, to Las Vegas, and uh, if the menu was, <laughs> if, if the if the menu was appealing, you know, we only took uh, flights to to US. Um, uh, for that, for that, for what, what was being served at the in the in the flight, it was that oh, bad. I'm second, saying. Hold on a second. So, so, so Baba, <laughs> what what you're basically saying is you had it so good at one point that if you wanted to change the menu of what you were eating at home, you guys just jumped on a private jet to you know to to Las Vegas yeah. just from the Himalayas. I, 
Yeah, this is. I mean, this is the this is the normal structure in which you know, uh, uh, in terms of the technology career. I mean, I. I mean, it goes without saying. You know how hackers are, are treated and and hackers who who become response. I mean, ethical hacking and how uh, how responsible they are. So no one messes with them. And I mean that that is a automatic privilege that comes with that position. So it's not a normal IT job. It's it's far far uh, deeper and far more complicated. And I think um, the owners of the organization would actually host you and because you are in charge of something which is which is like the heart uh, of the whole whole thing that they are they I mean they're setting their businesses or you know putting these organizations so, around so so Baba there's a question that I want to ask just to put this yes. all into context the people who are sitting now listening are probably thinking wow maybe they don't understand 100% so when you was a hacker were you yeah. working with an organization when you were when you were a hacker or was you a hacker before or was it because of the hacking that you began working for the organization yeah so um, you know there is um, you know there's always um, uh, a demand for for uh, for people who who understand you know how hackers think and how they how they operate so right. organizations who want to make themselves um, you know secure from attacks from hackers they hire hackers to to ensure that you know their setups are secure and their perimeters are secure um, and um, we know that there is a you know today we're already in that environment where where there's almost digital warfare have information is everything and this started uh, you know my career is like 20 years it's been 20 years you know uh, since i you know, started my career first 10 years went into this kind of a career and um, and that time um, uh, this was you know the thing to be in in fact this was far more glamorous than anything um, you know one could uh, one could dream of and i think this is you know when you're at the extreme um, experience of anything low or high um, there's a paper i wrote um, a few years ago which was called um, extreme reversion uh, the basic idea on that paper was that you know whenever you uh, say example there is a mean and say example you are moving from mean to up the positive up now what happens is within that positive you know the moment you know these if these elements are moving towards positive the element which is on the extreme positive has a tendency to move back towards the mean or i would say even to the negative and if an element is moving below which is on the negative side the element which is on the extreme negative has a has a tendency to go back to the positive or the mean means that if you're on extreme so the title of the paper was uh, the probability of falling in love with the one you hate is always high wow <laughs> hold on a second hold on a second because i i know you probably lost a few people with that that example just now but I, I, you brought it into context so the yeah. title of your paper was the possibility the probability of, the probability of, of falling in love with somebody that you hate is always high it's always and, high and there is one condition you have to meet um, and that condition is you have to hate that person to an extreme wow <laughs> yeah okay okay yes, i'm listening, I'm listening. Extreme, you've got my attention now <laughs> so in that extreme position so i'll tell you you know what happens uh what happens at the end of wars you have ex- you have spells of peace right 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 you will find that you know that the extreme position is what is actually very magical 
so when you when you when you look at it initially i said you know life is not logic but i'll tell you there is a design the universal design in which if you operate on any extreme position positive or negative you have you you are actually in the zone of magic and this is where uh, i would say you know this is exactly what happened with me when in 2012 i read a news that 25000 pashmina goats die of starvation in himalayas now when you say pashmina goats now these are mean? these are the goats which produce the uh, you know the finest kashmir on the planet they are wow. very very exclusive to himalayas uh, these are the goats which which stay happy um, at altitudes above 15000 feet and when temperatures fall below minus 40 Now, extreme climate cycles in Himalayas create this tragedy. How it occurred was that twenty-five thousand goats die of starvation. Why? Because every year this place has a snowfall of four to five centimeters. That year it was hundred eighteen centimeters. The food of these goats got buried under snow for three months, and they died of starvation. Now I'll tell you. I had nothing to do with this. You, I, I was on the peak of my career, and I read this news on my iPad, and I was just scrolling through this iPad, and I read this news like anyone else. And when I read this news, the only thing that uh, came to me was that maybe I have to go and see what happened. I mean, understand that I had no background. before this in fact i had not seen my my own region ever not even i mean this is the extreme uh, part of the region i was i i had never seen the extreme part of my own region where i was born and right, this tragedy, this okay, tragedy okay. happens on the extreme uh, you know in the extreme edge of himalayas right now what i do is i decide that i will go and and even today when people ask me why are you doing what you are doing and trust me um, i really do not have a clear answer but i have one answer and that answer is that as a child i used to play with the goats there is no other connection <laughs> there is no other connection and i reached this place and i join a group of nomads and uh, we start moving and i have a laptop with me i have a phone with me and i have these charges uh because it is on the i mean i joined these group of nomads and uh, you know there are about 25 to 3000 um, goats with which this group is traveling i reach i join them and i start moving with them now these these nomads and shepherds are traveling from you know one part of the region to the other and uh, it's a it's a long distance actually because they have to take these uh, goats and sheep to the other part of the region uh, because you know there are pastures and they have to graze them weather is changing and so many so many things around and when they when when i start moving the second day my phone battery dies my laptop is dead everything is gone right now the other challenge that i have is that i do not know the language of these shepherds i have no idea what they are eating and how they are eating it i have i'm not physically fit to be to be in that terrain even though i was born here it's extreme right uh, i 
I'm struggling at every level and I do not know anyone. Right? So, I mean... But that's an extreme situation, isn't it? Bob? Extreme it's, situation. It, it, it sounds and, like although you're from the same region, you, right? You, you, you spoke almost different languages, right? Right, and and most of my you know early years, I was you know actually going to school and coming back, and then I I left this place for good ten years. Now it's it's this environment where I'm born is almost as new for me for any as for anyone else. So right. I joined this group, and then we move from one mountain to the other and it's only on the uh, end of the first week that we are able to you know uh, converse but converse mostly with with sign languages and it takes us uh, this group uh, from where they start where we started to where they had to reach and this uh, this they had to reach this spot where this tragedy had happened that is why right. i joined them and it took us three months of travel by foot uh, in wow. the mountains, and there is actually a documentary also made um, on my life on this journey. Baba, hold on a second. I, I want people to kind of get this in context. There's two questions I've got to ask you. Number one, yeah. it's taken. It took you three months to get to a specific yeah. destination. Three months. Yeah. Three months. Wow. Wow. So that's uh, the first thing. The second thing <laughs> I've got to ask you, right? Yeah. Is yeah. I'm sure everyone who's listening wants to know how do you go from the private jet? That you were flying around being a hacker, right? Living yeah. the life of, yeah. of, of, of that only so many can dream about, drinking champagne and going to Las Vegas. How do you get from that standpoint to going and wanting to help goats in the Himalayas? Because that's, that's, a, big, that's a big jump. What was happening I, in your life? Were you happy with where you were, you know, um, with, 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 with that kind of lifestyle on the jets? Or wh where were you meant uh. to? I'll tell you, uh, I mean, this is actually very interesting. Um, this is what, what actually cuts me into two. I mean, this whole idea cuts me into two. Uh, it cuts me, but it also multiplies me into two. Now, I'll tell you, um, when, I, when I reach this place and I start moving, um, I mean, the, the initial few days were, were terrifying for me because uh, there is no roof. We're living in tents and this place has a lot of beer attacks. There were beer attacks that were happening and... Um, grizzly you, bears, like real, real yeah, bears. Not, not grizzly bears, but you know, big bears. Big bears. Have, They're big yeah, enough. Big, <laughs> big, big, big bears, and and right. in this journey also, which is also reported by media, there was a big story done that um, there was a snow leopard attack on me, uh, which happened after uh, after I joined and I became one of the shepherds. But um, what happened is that when I started moving with these uh, shepherds and. Uh, I was totally lost and it was, I mean, it was, it was one of the biggest challenges of my life to even survive that whole idea of what I, what, what I was doing. I had no intentions of doing anything. I'll give you, I mean, the initial idea which I had um, in my mind was that, um, all right, other part which I did not tell you that I also am um, uh, an artist. I used to paint. And uh, this, I used to paint and sell my artwork, and that is how I paid through my college uh, fees and everything. Um, and so, 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 Baba, hold hold on a second. There's there's some real key areas here that we, we kind of yeah. need to bring people up to speed on. So it yeah. sounds like with the hardship that you had when you were younger. Yeah. The fact that you had to solve problems meant that you continued solving problems. Yeah. But you were an entrepreneur. It sounds like. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe. I'll tell you, I'll give you a very interesting thing. Uh, you know, we had, I had a couple of friends who wanted to, you know, uh, grow up and study journalism and they were so, so fond of writing. And I was the one who, who, who wanted to paint. Now, what I did was, you know, that time uh, when I was in college, uh, art and modern art and abstract art was like the new thing and these were the buzzwords and you know, a lot of people wanted to buy th that kind of an art. What I used to do was, you know, we had a hardware shop where you get these paint for the house and other things. I used to buy some paint, buy canvas, uh, get that home and almost from a height of two, three feet, just pour that paint on the canvas. Now, it was all, you know, it was almost nonsense what, what God created. But it was dried and it was then uh, uh, put in front of these friends who wanted to, to write, who like who could really craft an interesting story on anything. So what right. they did was, they created such a beautiful story uh, of that art that it appeared that you know the story came before and the art came afterwards. But the fact was, it was total fraud. It had, I mean, there was no, there was no, <laughs> there was. It was total fraud. There, wow. There was, there was, I mean, there was nothing uh, like art in that. And we had, we had found, uh, you know, we had searched for some buyers in, in South of India who right. really liked that art and used to pay us about 8,000, which is like $150 for one artwork, which was huge that time. $150 like, you know, it was like uh, you know, half year's fee. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, this, this skill also found some direction and we, you know, I was able to make use of that skill in art. And, you know, my friends, some of the friends are journalists now and, you know, I am also deeper into art. Now, why I am why I'm sharing this is that the initial intention was that I will, I will use the death of Pashmina goats as a subject and, uh, and paint and sensitize people around the tragedy that had happened. But uh, by the time, you know, three months and by the time I reached that spot, uh, I think um, when I reached and when I saw this place and everything, um, I think I had already made up my mind that I'm not going back. And three months of no connection, my family, no connection at all. And when I came ba back uh, to my home, it was almost one year. One year, one year had passed and I had not even, um, I had no phone, I had nothing and I had decided that I will live the rest of my life uh, as a nomad, as a shepherd. I think, the re I mean, there's so many things around that were happening in my mind. As I said, you know, how do you, how do you cut yourself into two? I think mm. there, there is only one thing I would say. You know, life is in moments. And sometimes, uh, sometimes we, we underestimate um, uh, the power of our emotions. And mm. here, here I'm only saying that, you know, what took me through that harsh terrain was uh, maybe the little love that I had for the goat. And I think that is what, uh, what carries me um, till now. And since 2012, uh, up till now, so many things have changed that, you know, I have, um, I, it's been nine years now, I, I never came back. And uh, now it's now that I have found another reason uh, to connect with the world uh, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the, the, for, for the past uh, so many years I have been 
uh, I've been representing a community of these shepherds and weavers and nomads, which is almost one million strong across Himalayas. Um, unofficially, oh, 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 hold on a second, Baba, because you're yeah. giving us a lot of information here. <laughs> so, so let, let me get this straight. There's two things that I want to raise. Number one, we spoke about extremes, and I think we've heard two different ends of the, you know, of extremes from being someone who's very, you know, conscientious and very much focused on local community and building community, but also being, uh, you know, a hacker flying around on private jets in, in Las Vegas. Now, here's the other thing. Obviously, some of the listeners don't understand this, but when you're mentioning pashminas, um, this is an old, ancient craft, right? Yeah. Um, right. Now, the pashminas that you have helped to curate and cultivate within the Himalayas, from what I hear, they're the most expensive pashminas in the world. Is that correct? Yeah. So, um, you know, the reason why uh, this craft and art uh, is also linked to this ecosystem. Now, I'll explain you what this ecosystem is. Right. Um, this is actually, we're talking about a terrain which is 15,000 feet and above. Uh, we're talking about temperatures which fall below minus 40, minus 50. And uh, wow. there, is a, there is a goat called the Pashmina goat, which is the center of this ecosystem, um, which produces Pashmina. And Pashmina is actually a response to extreme climatic conditions. You know, when temperatures right. fall, there is an inner goat, inner coat that develops. And mm -hmm. uh, this is so soft, you know, it goes between 10 to 12 microns. And um, this is the luxury fiber that gets produced in Himalayas. Now, right. what happens is that this goat is not wild. This needs a community of shepherds to take care of them. The other right. challenge that we have is in the same terrain, we have snow leopards. Now, there is a huge conflict uh, called the wildlife conflict that is happening within this ecosystem. Uh, snow leopards directly attack these goats. I mean, this is one. Second, the community which, uh, which, is, which holds the ancient culture, heritage and religion of Himalayas is right. this community of shepherds. They're not normal people. Um, for you and anyone, for that matter, for me, we would need oxygen cylinders to be at 15,000 feet and above. Um, wow. These shepherds uh, from from centuries have maintained this that they do not need oxygen to 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 take the goats and take care of these goats at that terrain. So this is what makes it very very exclusive. Uh, so we cannot get the goats down. We need somebody to be there with the goats. So this this is a this is a very complex environment that which cannot be touched just without careful thought. Right. And this 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 pashmina which is produced this goes from uh, this goat to a community of uh, spinners weavers and then there is a very unique kind of art that um, that is um, made on these pashmina woven pashmina scarves which is intricate needlework which takes six months to six years sometimes even more to make one pashmina scarf so when you talk about sustainability when you talk about handmade stuff you talk about a product which ticks all the boxes on handmade luxury i mean there's no other product on the planet which ticks all those boxes um, this is i mean the number of man hours that go into making one beautiful pashmina is phenomenal no product on this planet actually matches that now, so, 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 so hold on, Baba, again, because a lot of information here. So you're saying for one pashmina, one yeah. of the pashminas that you, you know, help to, to, to create takes 
six years to create. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, there's so many lives that get involved uh, while making one beautiful Pushmina that it is, and it is such a, such a beautiful thing at the end of the day, this is art. And mm, definitely. I mean, real definition of art, I would say, when you look at any other product com- in comparison, uh, there's hardly any that I see. Now, for me, this whole ecosystem opens itself um, not as a as a as a commerce, but as um, for me, it is more of a spiritual ecosystem, and there is so much of wisdom being with the shepherds for for nine years, um, going through that pain, becoming one of them. Um, if there were challenges I had in my previous life, uh, and you know, I will. That time, you know, I we used to write papers and those degrees and certifications and all of that. You know, to get a degree or a certificate or whatever was, you know, something of pride. And I have about 25, 30 such designations after my name, which those acronyms that you write after your name, showing off your credentials. But <laughs> if, you, if you really see um, in comparison to where I am now, I think to put just the word shepherd after my name i don't think i you know i can carry that much of weight this is there's so much it's it's so hard to be be a shepherd that mm-hmm. i mean there's no comparison to those designations just to be a shepherd it's hard and i think there is uh, and, me, and, you're, and you're even comparing this to when you was a hacker when you was working yes. in the, those commercial environments being a shepherd mm-hmm. is much harder than that why would you say it's more much harder baba cl uh, you know, it is it is about survival. It is about honesty. It is about loyalty. Uh, you know, today we we see that you know if opportunities come in front of us, we just jump onto every opportunity. And I know I have seen and I've lived as a shepherd. And trust me, there have been so many opportunities that come in front of us on a daily basis, mm. um, and just. To stick to something which is, uh, which is uh, tradition, uh, mm. where there is a heritage angle and where there is a belief, and just to stick on to anything for that matter, and sticking on to being a shepherd and herding goats and not getting lured away by uh, by any opportunity. I think that is what takes uh, a heart. I think that is where where uh, the real strength is. Everyone wants to pursue a easy life right of course not the shepherd not the shepherd shepherd. i just want to put this into context for people who are listening because i don't think that they understand um let's let's look at an example i mean i've obviously met you through a a number in a number of different ways but it was directly through the houses of parliament because you was at the houses of parliament now the interesting thing is Guys, what we're talking about here, just to reset the room very quickly, uh, we're speaking to Baba Asa, we're talking about the, the wisdom of a shepherd. And, and Baba has spoken all over the world. I mean, um, and when I say all, all over the world, you've spoken, you've done, you know, TEDx and TED Talks more than eight times. You've been on CNN, you've been on all of the big news ch- uh, channels across the globe. That's great, but you've come from very humble beginnings. And it's interesting that even with your technological experience, that is not what opened the door. What opened the door was when you focused and decided to give your time, energy, and life towards something that was really, really worthwhile. Well, you've turned around and you said that you're helping to sustain a community of more than a million people. 
through, you know, these goats. Now, a lot of people don't understand what this really, really means. Now, again, the example that you just gave, you were speaking about the fact that there's lots of opportunities. Now, I know because I, we've known each other for some years now, but yeah. when you're talking about opportunities, you're talking about, you know, the likes of people like Louis Vuitton and all of these big yeah. fast fashion labels who've right. potentially maybe reached out to you. So could you give us an example of how you've potentially been tempted, Baba, and, and what's happened, what's, what's put in front of you? Uh, um, before I get into the opportunity angle of, you know, what, what, uh, you know, what has pulled me into this, I'll share that you know, there's a spiritual angle to this whole journey. And I think the spiritual journey is, is, is something which is, uh, you know, which happens when you disconnect yourself. And I think the real thing um, in this journey which I have experienced is that we always think that we are planning our future. We understand the biggest opportunity ourselves. But to tell you the truth, when we shut our own plans, the universe engages. And I think this this happens when when you're really loyal and true to whatever is thrown in front of you. For me, um, in terms of the uh, in terms of this whole journey, I had no plan. I mean, I mean, this journey has, is practically the most unplanned journey. I would say, uh, what I did in the past nine years is that I one I became a nomad and a shepherd, living a life of whatever this community is. I became one of them. They accepted me as one of them. And from there, I started, because on one side, I had um, a good exposure, a good global exposure. But on the other side, I was also very helpless because I had no background. I did so many things, um, starting with my art exhibitions. I have dedicated, in the past nine years, I've dedicated all my artwork as a tribute to the Pashmina goats. Um, wow! And, and this I, is one of the, this is one of your uh, collections with the president of India, wasn't it? Yeah, Baba? yeah. I'll tell you what happened in that. Um, I started painting, and I was at a place which is where there is no mobile connectivity. There is, I mean, the terrain is very harsh, and I have nothing. I mean, I'm practically not uh, uh, in any comfort zone with no house, nothing, you know, living in the open, harsh terrain, everything. And I, uh, what I decide is that I will use art uh, as I will paint and I will find ways to to get a lot of people to look at this art and I will pose questions and tell them, do you know that there's such a big tragedy that happened in Himalayas and so many goats died? And if we are not uh, serious about and if we do not take this thing seriously, uh, someday people will also start dying and do, dying, and we will not take that seriously. And with that right. intention, I initially I started painting on paper, and I spent months and months together to create one art exhibit uh, uh, and exhibited in, in small places. Then I realized that, and I had this thing in mind that yeah, this thing worked. This thing had has really worked, and my idea of sensitizing really worked. But soon after, I realized that really it did not work. And I have to do something more. So in that journey, what happened is, you know, from one failure to the other, the journey was that I painted on paper, then I, nothing happened, then I painted on canvas, then I, uh, then I realized that I will add more drama to it because I had this background of fraud, right? I realized how people used to respond to art. Now, um, I painted on the hides of Pashmina goat. Then 
I took Pashmina Ghosh and then I even went ahead. One of the art exhibit was where I where, where I took my blood and the blood of the goat and painted with with uh, with with the goat with the blood of uh, the goat, and that created a lot of noise. And that thing continued, and with that, I created a lot of noise about what was happening in the ecosystem. A lot of people got uh, into it and realized that there is something happening, and a lot of help came for this community. Understand right, that I ha- right. I had no no background, and in this. I was doing this from a position of weakness, and I always did that. That maybe somebody will uh, understand what is happening, and somebody in power position will see the the uh, you know this fragile ecosystem and do something about it. And that right. will, will be my time to leave. Now, it's been nine years. Uh, that moment has not come. And what happened is in that that. time actually moved me into the center stage that people have started to say that you are looking for some someone and i think you are actually looking for your own self now take the center stage and solve the problems that you want to solve and i think right. that has been the whole journey for me um, in this whole ecosystem where i have learnt from my heroes my gurus um, who turned me into a shepherd who who gave me the strength to to become strong mentally and uh become stable and deeply rooted into things that you believe in and i think uh, mm-hmm. everything that i do uh, is that you know we have to we have to believe in something and i think for me i believe in something and i believe in the future of these goats and i actually believe that you know we the world will really experience a, a great spiritual revolution when um, when animals will also feel as happy as humans uh, and children and i think that is what this whole whole idea about the pashmina goat project which i created a few years ago uh, the project was to 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 ensure that you know there is healthcare there is uh, there is um, you know the conflict between the snow leopards and the goats that is taken care of we building coral pens uh, shelters for the goats we sensitizing wow. people around the world people who buy pashmina should know what is happening who are the real uh, people behind this community and how this is like diamonds this is as powerful as diamonds in terms of the economics and we right. want this not to be hijacked by somebody else It, the community is the custodian of this this uh, pashmina and what is happening is that they are under depression they are being forced to migrate because of climate erratic climate cycles there's so much that is going on and what i'm doing mm-hmm. now is on one side i'm sensitizing the world but on the other side i'm also sharing the wisdom of shepherds and the wisdom right. of shepherd is something these are these are wise lessons which are applicable for leaders of 21st century what we can learn from these shepherds is amazing we always <laughs> underestimate and yeah and, and th- th- this is bubble this is one of the reasons why um when we met you struck a chord in me because when you were talking yes you're in the himalayas but you could be talking about any indigenous environment whereby people are dedicating their life to something yeah. worthwhile now what we're yeah. going to do is um we've unfortunately we've only got an hour we've only got an hour session and i i can tell that we need a lot longer than an hour a lot longer yeah. so what we're going to do is we're going to open up some questions uh, for yes. about 10 to 15 minutes from the audience people who are who are sitting at their homes whether they're working or whether they're relaxing having a cup of tea on a saturday and we're going to ask them to ask you some questions if you don't mind baba sure, sure please I I mean your story is fascinating and I I I don't think we even touched the tip of the iceberg yet but Mary um 
I know that you're going to be moderating this part of things. Um, so can you open up hand raising, if possible? Yeah, most definitely. Thank you. This has been amazing. I've got so many questions myself. <laughs> me, me too, actually. Me too. So, guys, what we're going to do is we're, we're going to be opening up hand raising. You'll see the hand raising sign come up shortly, okay? Uh, where you'll be free to ask Baba uh, a number of different questions. But, uh, Baba, I just want to say thank you, really, because I don't, even after knowing you for such a long period of time, there's still so much that I'm always learning. You're the gift that keeps on giving. So, really, really appreciate your time today. Um, there's, a, there's a question that I've got to ask. There's a question that I've got to ask, okay? Um, if you could do it all over again, what would you change? If I, if I could what? If you could do it all over again, yeah. what would you change? Uh, again, you know the way it started. I would um, again fall in love with the goat. <laughs> <laughs> right, got you, got you. So at the, at the core of your story is really the love of, of, of goats. And you've kind of traced yes. that back to when you were a kid. Yes. Fantastic, fantastic. So Mary, do you have a question? Yeah, no, thank you so, so much. I could listen to you all day. I absolutely <laughs> love, love the stories. And uh, it really sparked a lot in me. Um, actually, one thing took me to kind of the Wizard of Oz and No Place Like Home and your journey and that whole thing, which was quite beautiful. But also, I wondered, you said there's a lot of differences, obviously, when you were in the corporate world um, and then from being a shepherd. But what would you say is there something that you found similar you know, from going to that juxtaposition. What would you say, though, that something kind of was similar that brought it together in your journey? Um, in fact, uh, you're actually pointing towards um, uh, the wisdom of shepherds, actually, you know, which is very relevant in, in the corporate world. Uh, and um, I'll give you, I mean, the first, uh, you know, the first and the most powerful lesson which, which has serious application on both ends, you know, being a shepherd herding goats. And on the other side, you know, uh, probably uh, pursuing a pursuing a career or a or a fancy life. Um, the number one thing, you know, which I learned from these guys, these shepherds, my heroes, is shed excess baggage. Uh, the start of the journey, uh, um, I had a laptop and a and a phone and a lot of things on me. And uh, I think uh, soon after, when when there was no charging point, all of that actually became my excess baggage. Now, I was already carrying so much of excess baggage in my mind, otherwise in my life. And, you know, if you, if you point, if you look at uh, the whole analogy, if you really visualize a shepherd, you know, we as shepherds, there's only two things that we carry. One is a staff and the other is a blanket. And if you really, you know, if you compare it to anything else, the staff is actually your, your support, uh, which could be your family or friends. And the blanket is actually the universe. Now, only when you are light yourself, will you be able to take control of your own life. And if you want to take a step ahead, and if you really want to grow, I think your internal and external baggage has to be shed. Now, uh, you know, the genius of last century, Albert Einstein, he was asked a question uh, um, uh, about the presence of God and and how he perceived God and, and the presence of God. Uh, and I think in that, in that um, he replied that it was, I mean, the, the bottom line was that it is not about God, it is about godliness. And, and that godliness is a character. And I think that, that character is about shedding excess baggage. And as shepherds, 
you know, one shepherd takes care of fifteen uh, hundred to two thousand goats. Now understand, there is a there is a relationship that is happening. On one side, the goats and the sheep they trust the shepherd, and uh, I think if if you really see you know the environment in which these um, you know shepherds um, relate and work, and it's harsh. But at the same time, I mean, the bonding between the goats. I mean, there's a trust relation that that um, uh, that keeps them going. And if consider if the shepherd has a lot of excess baggage, what happens is that the life of the goats is under threat because there are wolves around. Now, if you <laughs> if you if you see, um, uh, I mean, the analogy would be that. Yeah. Only when you are light yourself will you be able to bring light in, and I think uh, this is the similar structure uh, between the corporate world and the way you know we live life as a shepherd, and and this is where I would say you know sharing excess baggage is mm-hmm. is something which which makes you light and you grow in the corporate world, and here you know when you light you actually are a strong. Contending to become a shepherd because um, goats and sheep will trust you. Wow, wow, that that was a, that was very very powerful and that was so so layered. Um, thank you so much for that, Baba. Uh, so, so we've got Frank up on stage. Frank, uh, how are you? I was going to say Grand Rising, but r- r- wrong time. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> Grand Rising um, is always good. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Please, I'd love. We'd love to hear your question, Frank. Well. I- I not have really a question, but it, it makes uh, what I hear now is making uh, life so much easier. And, and in my book, Turn a Dream, is also like that. I also say that so many people are always filling up their minds with so many things that's not necessary. And, and, and what I hear now from, from Barbara is if you're, if you're thinking too much of other things when you're when you're doing your tasks it's, it's like when I coach my, my children on the tennis court they go there to win the game but so many destructions come in their way and then they forgot where they come why they come to the court to win the, to win the game and it's also with if I have to take care of, of the animals and, and you're worrying about so many other things then, then you don't see that when there is danger, you, you can't see you it. Not see you're it. you're so busy. And I love um, the explanation because life can be so um, easy. But yeah. what we do is fill up our minds with so many unnecessary things that we, we miss the bigger points, that we don't see the bigger points. And, and nature, when you go back to nature, net, nature gives you all the answers. The, the answers are in nature. And for me, when I'm, I'm filled up with everything, I go to nature and, and there are so many explanations that come to me when I'm in nature and then I'm back to me and myself. And I, I love it. I love to hear. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Yes, you're right. And I think uh, one, um, uh, in addition to what you said, is that, you know, when we, when we, take care of the present we actually ensure that the future will blossom and i think that is the only way to live today uh, we just 
uh, whatever comes in front of you. Uh, I mean, we have to be just present in that moment. And that is what we always miss. I never had any plans of doing what I am doing even today. And uh, I think the only approach is that whatever comes in front of me, I give it 100%. And I think with that, um, things have really changed. And I think this is what uh, what uh, the plan of the universe is also. That uh, the universe is always engaged with you. And uh, um, we, we can think that we are... Uh, not a part of the universe but we cannot actually exist uh, without the universe we are a part of the universe and um, and the engine is inside us and that engine is what what um, what we need to uh, you know submit uh, to the universe and when the universe takes care of that engine a lot of things happen and interesting i'll give you a small interesting um, thing you know when i was in the us um, uh, there were a lot of people who used to get uh, covered by Time magazine and we used to fancy those people and you know because those profiles were covered and everything and when I uh, uh, when I quit everything no connection and uh, I was in Himalayas and you know I was just in front of the Time magazine's office uh, for quite some time but when I quit everything and when I go in the mountains uh, after years uh, the crew of Time Magazine comes uh, searching for me and they could not find me by because I am on one of the mountains with no address and then when they do a story a lot of the world gets to know now this uh, I am sharing why because I think that we always underestimate the power of our thoughts and I think um, the power of thoughts changes the chemistry within us and around us and uh, it's only that we have to just start believing in, in our own thoughts I am I'm, I'm no saint I I, but but the way I look at the, understand I am from a mathematics background uh, and I am talking spirituality. I mean it's like uh, I I never even imagined that I would do this, uh, but now I I believe in small things and I do not believe in big things. So this is this is the change which has happened uh, inside me, and I think the only way to propel myself is just living in the moment. I think if we do that. I think there is there's enough gravity that gets uh, the right things to you. Thank you so much for that, Baba. We've got a few questions that are coming in thick and fast um, from on different platforms. One of the yeah. questions uh, that Adrian is asking, okay, he asked, um, has anyone else come to join you from the outside world to uh, begin to live the life of a shepherd? Um, uh, no, not um, up till now, but I think there are a lot of things now, uh, as people are now getting to know of this journey, a lot of people are now showing interest and uh, they're showing interest in different ways. Uh, and as we have structured this project called the Pashmina Good Project, there's a lot of research, collaborations, promotions. We have an ambassadorship program. Um, uh, we have interns now coming to us who want to intern with us from different universities from around the world. We launched a program called the Friends of Pashmina Goat, which was launched at Harvard Business School, and we got an amazing response from there. Um, we have the British Parliament who is engaged with us. We have now engagements happening at the government level uh, people level yes people who who really uh, ever bought a pashmina are now engaging with us uh, yeah, they want to know more they want to see uh, the real thing and they want to uh, engage partner and do a lot of uh, interesting collaborations and i think it is also about that you know the sharing of the journey and the and the ecosystem and you know what it has uh, for me, it has been a, a spiritual exploration and it, has, uh, it has opened so many doors 
doors for me and i think it can open doors for anyone in the world yes well, this, this is this this leads me into my next question baba this leads me yes. to my next question so uh, somebody's asking um has have you found a greater spiritual connection in your new life um now that you're a shepherd uh absolutely and i think uh, i i should mention that um uh, in this past uh, 9 years almost a decade of my journey i think this is my sixth or seventh life uh, i would have died and there was such serious things that happened that i would have died and every time uh, i almost gave up uh, a small miracle happened and i was back on my feet and it was like uh, some someone was talking or listening to me and uh, someone uh, thought that you know i have started to make excuses that i won't be able to pull this whole thing off and somebody said oh you you about to make excuses we'll set you right go stand on your feet and show us what you can do i think this is uh, uh, i mean this gives me a lot of reason and purpose you know for what i i have embarked on in terms of the journey um uh, I, on one side i see there is a goat which can not talk to me the goat uh, does not know uh, the language it's only we communicate uh, with uh, with eyes only and i i think those are so powerful communications that you know i can i, I can i can climb all mountains for these goats and um, for me yes it is an internal journey it is not about uh you know showing to the world uh what what i'm wanting to do for me i personally am at a position uh, very settled that i think i'm not in this world to do anything but i think i am uh, i am there in this world to respond to things that are happening around i cannot just be an ostrich the news that i read i responded um uh, right decade ago i could not stop myself and um, i mean this is this is also the message which i which i have for anyone who 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 connects with me that um, there are messages uh, encrypted messages that we always see uh, in the environment around uh, we can uh, we can choose not to listen to them we can be those ostriches but uh, and i think it was not just that one message that you know the tragedy that happened that hooked me i responded right. with and i was never uh, waiting i never waited to become the most powerful person here uh, uh, to do something for the goats or for for a community which is 1 million strong i was never powerful and uh, whatever i had uh, i th- had this small intention only and uh, seriously there was uh, no no uh, question of even having a plan but i just responded wow. and that is why wow. i say that you know we should never underestimate the power of our emotions it is because of these goats you know i get called to the parliaments i have been i i have been interacting and speaking with the world leaders around um, across the globe um, and there's, there's so much of and you know the best part the best part is that there are strangers who have helped me in this journey uh, right. and strangers right. who had no clue of uh, or had no previous connection with me uh, mm. they are the biggest supporters of what i am doing and uh, understand that i am the most uh, you know powerless person in this ecosystem and strangers come and they hold my hand and they make me do things and they push me and they come and stand with me uh, only for the love of the goat 
or probably they, they, they see the, the 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 struggle that I have and I have I have been failing constantly but I'm not stopping my things have not worked uh, none of the things which I want to do I'll, I'll give you an example there's some I mean there's actually a lobby why because this is a very big industry ecosystem there's a lot of commerce that the government does and people do and uh, by selling Pashmina and all of that um, there was a press conference and uh, in that press conference some people came and they, they actually wanted to you know uh, put pull me down and they said you have not done anything for uh, for for the community or for the goods and this was a few years ago Right. And I, I told them, you're absolutely right. I have not done anything. And to tell you the truth, whatever I am doing, it is failing. It is not working. Uh, but I can only tell you that I really want to do it. I, all that I have with me is I really want to do it. I'm failing so many times. Uh, but I'm, I really want to change something and I really want to do and And maybe... Uh, you were saying this, I have never said from uh, myself that I have done anything for the community. Maybe uh, even even if I'm able to do something for this very large community, I won't say it. Um, uh, and, uh, and I think that is what my position is. It is the strangers uh, who actually have, help. have, who have really helped different. me, have pushed me. Fantastic. And they have met me once, and they're the one. And Fantastic. why, why there, there this is happening? This is the universe. This is there's the universe. One. No one knows, uh, you know, who becomes the part of my universe. And uh, even people who are listening are part of my universe now. That's right. That's right. That's right. I love what you said, Baba. I love what you said. Yes. There's there's two more questions uh, before we have got to bring this room to a close, and I'm aware yes. that we've gone slightly over time by one minute. Um, but the, the the second question is. Um, do you miss anything from your old life? Someone wants to know that. <laughs> Trust me, if I if I had even five percent of experience of what I have today, I would have been a CEO of one of the top companies on the planet. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I mean, wow! 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 Only five percent of what shepherds know and the way they carry and conduct themselves the faith the power um, you know the conviction so mm. many things the character if right. i had five percent of that that time this that time i would have been you know among the top in the world i know wow. that wow <laughs> wow i love that i love it we've also got somebody on stage we've got richard on stage um Richard is in New York currently. Um, Richard, would you like to share with us uh, your question, please, sir? Yes, um, thank you. Uh, Baba, appreciate your time. Uh, my question is this. Um, after you shed the, let's just say, the old world, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> on your world. journey <laughs> yeah. as, as a shepherd, uh, what... Could you tell us about a moment where the, you mentioned baggage, where you shed that a certain baggage and it was like a, a, a tipping point. It was like, that's finally gone. <laughs> yeah, well, um, thank you, Richard. I think this is a very interesting question. Um, mm, been, <laughs> there have been many such incidents that happened and I think um, um, uh, one incident I'll share that uh, I got attacked um, by a snow leopard 
and um, you know the 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 thing which which happened was that um, i i got to know that the snow leopard had attacked um, uh, these pashmina goats and they were by, and the snow leopard had come and it had uh, killed 150 goats i did not even eat one when i got to know i was in the in in a village and i i rushed um, uh, and i almost ran Uh, halfway on you know i i took a ride and after that it was because from the from the road it i had to run on the mountain and trees that spot i did that and i think that was the biggest mistake of my life and uh, why because you know i was at a altitude of about 15000 14000 500 and i ran and uh, no one runs at that altitude and i i reached and i almost collapsed and almost died uh, in a place where there was a snow leopard and uh, when i when i opened my eyes i realized that you know these shepherds actually saved my life and they had they they also they had also reached there and they saved me from the from the snow leopard while i was unconscious now i do not know how to put it but uh, this in itself uh, uh, was an experience uh, that that is enough for me to even uh, you know give my life to the shepherds and and do whatever little i can do in 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 this life uh, because this is not my life anymore there have been many such incidents where i realize that uh, i uh, you know sometimes the baggage of plans is also uh, an excess baggage mm. uh, uh, and we we forget to connect with the immediate moments because we are constantly working on our plans but there's there are you know there are wormholes and there are there are channels and tunnels that are constantly opening in front of us and for me it is it was these it was probably the snow leopard which came in as a uh, you know as a as someone who, who who made me see so much which i you know which I, which i was taking for granted um, and uh, i think there are many such moments which uh, which uh, push me to give to to put my loyalties forever for this community and and uh, i don't have anything else and on one side yes uh, there is a relationship which i developed with with these goats uh, there were goats uh, there were baby goats who who broke the flock and and uh, and never let me go uh, if i left they came and uh, they stood by me and they uh, and they almost were talking to me and i mean these moments wow. I, do, i don't know how to put them and who is talking with me and how how the god is talking to me but there was there have been many such now when this happens when you I, on one side you have a community which really does not understand technology or even english for that matter or what plans you have for them nothing and they trust you now this puts me in a very difficult spot where i have to you know i have to uh, learn use my skill use my experience whatever i have uh with me in this world i have to use that to solve and solve problems and probably do something for them they have no idea uh you know what i know and what i can do what is my background or anything like that they trust me now this is a very difficult position to be in and how do you honor that back where they will not question what you do they will not ask you to do anything they just trust you and if i ask them to jump from a cliff they will do that tell me what kind of a loyalty will that get you now this is uh, i mean this is what puts me in a position where where i i feel that you know these moments uh, have changed me forever i have wow. i have no questions 
uh, I have no mm -hmm. regrets, and I'm I'm where I am actually. <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing. I take that answer is that you that that last batch. Well, human instinct is to survive, and I hear your answer as I gave up that I gave up life for a purpose, but it also it gave you more life. To the entire universe, not just your own individual yeah. life. Right. Yes. Well done. <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal. There's one more question we've got for you, Baba, before we're going to close up. And that question is quite an interesting one. What lessons from your new life would you give to somebody in leadership? What key lessons would you give? Let's say one or two, or two key points. Uh, I think uh, one very powerful lesson, if 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 this makes sense to I mean to the listeners, is uh, learn to leave the pasture. Uh, I think this is leadership. This is this is deep leadership. Uh, you know, when we when we herd goats, uh, you know, after some time there is a tragedy that happens on the on the pasture. Uh, it is overgrazed. It gets overgrazed. Uh, why? Because we forget when to leave it, and I think uh, you know this is something that uh, I'll explain another way. That you know, when you when you when you start doing well in life, um, you develop a certain kind of a bias, and when you become the best performer in the group, you 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 start to develop a bias that you're the best, and uh, your risk-taking appetite grows. Now, when that grows, what happens is your exposure to risk also grows. And when your exposure to risk grows, uh, that is where uh, your real downfall begins. And um, even when you talk about startups around the world, you know, today they talk about exits. Um, I think this there, there is a strange, um, strange similarity in, in terms of leadership. Leaders know, they not only know, they are experts to understand and identify moments when they should exit, when they should live, leave. Uh, the party, you know, as I said, the party cannot go on forever. Leaders, if you, if they're real leaders, will be experts to identify moments of exit. And I think this is this is what I have learned from these shepherds, because there is a magic that happens when you leave the pasture. The pasture gets time to regrow, and probably that is also something that maybe it calls you back again. So, in terms of the leadership, I would say, you know, leaders know when to exit the party. And uh, uh, wow. another, another interesting, uh, uh, interesting lesson from, you know, from my life, I would say, you know, uh, uh, you know, when you have so many, so many, when we, when we go in, onto the mountains and uh, uh, we have a lot of sheep with us, a lot of goats with us, you know what happens if, you know, when you're at the bottom of the mountain, when you're at the foothill of the mountain, um, you know, there is no risk. There is no one. I mean, there's no risk. The moment we start climbing up uh, on the mountain, you know, the moment we reach a particular spot, you know, as we grow uh, and we climb up the mountain, that is where we start encountering wolves. You will never find wolves at the bottom. Now, when you, when you grow in life, you know, your real challenges will start happening. When you do well in life, that is when you will start encountering wolves. So, the wolf, the presence of that wolf is not there to scare you. It is there to prepare you. So, when you face the wolves, I think you, you 
prepare yourself for growth. You prepare yourself to, to reach the top of the mountain. And as shepherds, we always take the goats as many as possible and we, we do not stop when we see the wolves, when we get to know that there are wolves in that and we prepare ourselves. So the presence of wolves in our life is not uh, to scare us or discourage us. It is for us uh, to get prepared to reach the top. And I think this is uh, this is a leadership lesson that you know we should learn how to face the wolves. And when you identify the wolf, when you see the wolf anywhere around you in your life, uh, take it from me, take it from the, these mountains that this person you will have to thank, this wolf you will thank uh, for the rest of your life because it is the wolf that will, you know, you actually should hug the wolf if possible because this, possible, wolf will, yeah, yeah. this wolf will prepare you uh, for things that you, I mean, you cannot even imagine that how prepared you will be by the time you reach at the top and you will stay there. Wow, Baba, 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 yeah. Baba. Thank you so much. The wisdom of a shepherd, indeed. This has been a phenomenal session. Um, to be honest with you, Baba, I know we've only yeah. t touched the tip of the iceberg, and I'd like yeah. to invite you back next week, Saturday. Please. Uh, same time. Uh, yes. Continue this conversation, because I know we're only touching the tip of the iceberg, man. We really, really are. I just want to say thank you so much uh, for your for you taking the time out from your busy schedule as a shepherd. I know you have got <laughs> sheep to watch, you've got a flock to watch. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, thank you to everybody who has turned up today and who's been listening in the audience. Hopefully you've learned something. Hopefully uh, Baba's been able to impact something in, in you. And thank you to every single person who's on the stage who's asking questions. And to my fellow moderator, Mary, thank you so much for your time. Um, Baba, is there any la uh, lasting word you would like to leave us with before we close the room? Uh, uh, I would say that uh, uh, become the friends of Pashmina Goat. Uh, we, are, we have a website called the PashminaGoatProject.com. Uh, you can have a look, connect with us uh, and see you know, what we are doing. And uh, I think... Uh, you know, the, the last line from me would be that we should never, uh, you know, get dead serious about this life. <laughs> uh, there's so much that is happening that it will automatically come to you. And, and I think uh, that's, that's it. And never underestimate the power of your own small emotion. Trust me, it's like a nuclear weapon with you. <laughs> it can really change uh, the world for you. So never underestimate the power of your own emotions. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Baba. Really, really appreciate that. So, guys, you heard it. Please go to the website, uh, www.pashminagoatproject.com. Uh, That's correct, isn't it, Baba? Yes, pashminagoatproject.com. And, yes, we have these, um, you know, this, this website is a community-based website where, yeah, this community is making the finest pashmina on the planet. And uh, this is a project where, which is supporting eye surgeries, cataract surgeries for, for the elderly. Uh, this, this project is also supporting wheelchairs for the people who cannot um, get for themselves. Um, this project is supporting school bags for the um, for for young children. people. So Definitely. you can actually go to the website and uh, you can support this and in return you get the best pashmina on the planet. It's like a luxury product. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 I mean uh, this product is a product which is sold at at least 20x or 30x in, in a, you know, second or third category luxury brand store. So you would know what this is. 
and this is directly from the goats, you know, the best on the planet. From the goats to you, from the goats to yeah, you. Baba, thank you, you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you next week, Saturday, same time. Yes. Guys, you've yes. been listening to The Wisdom of Shepherds with me, Joseph the Dreamer. Thank you so much for your time. Wherever you are, have a fantastic weekend and uh, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Baba. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Baba. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me, Joseph the Dreamer, on this podcast. If you've enjoyed the information shared and want to gain even more valuable insights, sign up today. Go to www.blux.eu. That's www.blux.eu for our self-transformation and optimization lifestyle development program. You'll gain a wealth of life-changing information to help you empower your dreams.